Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is building a company and a network with my friend, Nicole Glenn. How's it going, Nicole? Hi, Joe. Good. Thank you for having me here. I love being back. Yes, you've been on my podcast two other times. And I was thinking about it, Nicole, you were on my podcast a long time ago where I don't know who even listened. So I will have to put some of those old episodes up. And for a long time, all my podcasts were just people like yourself who were just like, hey, do me a favor, come on my podcast. <laughs> but now, we, now there's people listening besides my mom and me. <laughs> anyway, Nicole, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. Awesome. Well, again, I'm, my name's Nicole Glenn. I am the CEO and founder of Candor Expedite. I have started a company in 2017 that focuses on turning our customers into supply chain heroes by equipping them with solutions for their most sensitive shipments. I'm based in Plano, Texas, but we actually have sub offices around the country at this point in time. But Plano is mothership home. Yes, yes. Now, Plano is right outside what? Really Dallas, closer to Dallas, in between Dallas and McKinney. Very nice, very nice. So you came from Chicagoland though, right? I did. Born and raised, started our first office up there, and then had this crazy idea to start another office in, in Dallas. So 2019, October, moved down here, started this little small space and kept kept growing this out here and kept our Chicago team too. So I do go home often. I was actually just there. I visit my team, visit clients, visit my my family. So I, I still feel like a Chicago resident. Right. The best part of living in Chicago is January and February. So you don't want to miss that. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm like, why am I here this weekend? I should be here in the fall and in the summer when Plano's a desert. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about Candor Expedite. Yeah. I know you started as an expediting company. I know you do so much more now. So talk a little bit about the different kind of market segments. And I would say you're much more than just an expediting company at this one minute. So talk a little bit about that. Right. So when we started in 2017, we were really focused on just true expedite ground shipping. So it was sprinter vans, cargo vans, straight trucks, and just the pick up and run direct mentality. So we were working with a lot of freight forwarding type clients, some direct manufacturer. But over the past couple of years, we've really tried to build out based upon what our current customers and then potential customers are asking for. Um, we would hear like we would give a white glove price and they would go, hey, your prices double. So then we started understanding, okay, we're a lot of our clients are not running exclusive type runs. So these segments that we've added, which has been, we, we call it a multimodal type of company now, but it's focused on expedited uh, ground. Like we've already said, we've added in the air freight sector. So we're able to offer domestic, you know, next flight out, same, same day air, next day air, heavyweight air, but then really stepped into the retail segments too for first and final mile. And then we're doing a lot of white glove service, whether that's an exclusive hotshot with expedited white glove service front or end. Um, and then we've also been working with our clients on the truckload sector. So about 70% of our business today is still that true expedited piece, whether that's truckload or tailored sized equipment. And our other divisions are starting to, to really pick up the pace. I have a feeling that expedited name is still going to need to be there. But at the same time, I think we'll see some balance on where we're headed with that first and final mile as 
things continually go to distribution pools and changing the way that logistics really operates right now through supply chain. Before we hit record, we are catching up. Uh, oh, by the way, I should also mention, Nicole and I will both be at Manifest. And I, I've never met Nicole in person. She's been on my podcast multiple times. I helped you with your website originally. I was, when I met you, I was still doing a lot of digital marketing. So we did a website yeah. with uh, Sonant Interactive. And I still work with those guys on, you guys should check them out. But um, I am so looking forward to seeing you and so many other friends at Manifest who I've never met, who I always go, my friend Nicole, my friend Ryan, all these people who I consider friends who I've never met in person. It seems like it's going to be a jam-packed event, so I'm excited. So if you are going, please send me a, a note on LinkedIn and say hi. Let's get a coffee or a cocktail. Oh, Nicole, you, you've got to download the Manifest app. So when you download the Manifest app, I did it like a week ago. It has all the attendees, so you can sort by company, you can sort by yeah. individual, and it's fantastic. And then you can also give them stars, so you can say, oh, Nicole, Glenn, she's a five-star. I need to talk to her, you know, whatever, however you want to use those ratings, but that is the ticket. That is the ticket. And you can also schedule stuff. So if you don't want to walk around and looking at your Outlook calendar or whatever calendar you use, download the damn yeah. app. And, and by the way, I've gotten a dozens, dozens of emails from people saying, hey, can we meet at this time? And I was like, go on the app. Yeah, book me there. Yes, yes. So we were talking before we hit record about expediting and those sprinter vans and those you know, a conline vans, the you know, the and the box trucks. They're being used for other things other than just expedite these days. So when we we used to see that van, you go, that's an that's that's an expedite. That's why it's a van because you, you couldn't get everything on that truck, so you you uh, expedited one one pallet. But more and more, we're seeing those used for, as you said, final mile. You know, white glove. Basically, not you said the non-expedited expedites. Yes. So ex please explain. <laughs> I know. So uh, just so I, I put it out there, we are publishing a paper that's going to be available through Inbound Logistics here. I actually think it will be tomorrow and it's the, it's called We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, so we'll we'll have the link there, but we, we go into this, the dirty little secrets of Expedite. That non-Expedite Expedite is is really working with a client to understand their supply chain. Can you create multiple stops? Can you take away some of those woes that we have and we see with LTL, with damages and claims and time and create something that creates a cost savings because it still exists where we're utilizing truckload for six skids. You know, in, in some clients' mind, they have those blinders on on how they've always done things. So you, you can utilize this equipment for a non-expedited shipment, save considerable dollars um, if you're going in a straight truck or sometimes even a sprinter van and you're avoiding any sort of claim. You're, you're actually getting better communication than you, than you normally would. So it's being treated as a creme de la creme shipment, even though it doesn't have that need. And so we've seen that we've saved considerable dollars for big companies. I mean, quite large companies are, are taking a look at this. But then when you say on, on the retail side, we're developing some interest from, from customers because they are running these loads in, in LTL. And so it's you can have just dedicated routes, same drivers going into these retail locations, scanning barcodes, doing whatever it is that that we need to, to bring success to their supply chain. And it's growing significantly for us. And that's why I'm saying that expedited piece will forever be our name. But we're starting to see that, you know, we want to educate people that not all expedite is expensive and scary and someone messed up. It can be strategic. It can be planned. It can save you money. And so that's our message is let us be consultative to listen to you 
to bring those value props to you to help you save money. So, yeah. And I, I worked, uh, for a minute at a trucking company and they started as an expedited company as so they had a whole bunch of vans and I say vans, I mean like those Econoline vans and you can move a pallet or two, right? It was usually stuff that couldn't get on the truck. And so you're expediting it to usually here in Michigan, a lot of expediting automotive automotive during launch season. And I remember somebody from Panther years ago said to me, he says, this is our time. It's launch season. I was like, oh yeah. By the way, when I was an engineer, launch seasons like was a lot of the time in July. Now they stagger them, but it was just like you shut the plant down and retool and then when you relaunch it is hell week I mean, or hell two weeks so lots of expedites but that company that i worked for that trucking company they said to me one time well we do ltl too i said well which trucks are we doing ltl in and they go the vans i go how are we doing ltl they go because a lot of the ltl are like a pallet or two so they had a whole bunch of dry vans that they could move they had tons of them but they did the ltl in those vans and it, it kind of blew my mind because i was from an ltl background so i was like Hmm. I guess why not? If it's a few pallets, and you—I don't know how many how many pallets can a Sprinter van take, Nicole. Four. Obviously, you have your weight cut off, so you are looking for specific types of freight. You know. Yeah, that, but so it's like a regular Econoline van. What's that? Two, one or two, depending on the weight. Yeah, usually two. Sometimes, most of the time, three. If you're talking about like a cargo van. Yeah, because they take the seats out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we've we've always had the mentality that those vans are expedite, but more and more, especially as we have home deliveries and stuff. We're going to see, and again, I think this is, comes back to the same t- challenge we have with um, dry vans is we want our tra- we want our tractors moving and our trailers full. And so we have the, some of the same challenges. So companies like yours help your partner carriers keep loaded, right? So if you say, hey, I got it. I got some, I, I got a pallet you can pick up. It's better than driving home empty from, and I imagine a lot of it is like that stuff is intra, you know, We'll call zone one for you probably within Texas. Yeah, I mean, it is for us what we're trying to build out and we're starting to see more of because when we started this business, we would, I would say our board, right? So that's where our TMS. So we would come into the day and have nothing on our board and we would have to go out there and work with our clients and quote every single job and try to win and dispatch and do all these, you know, time sensitive type of things. We still do a lot of that. But now it's transitioned to where we have a retailer, you know, we know that they have specific runs every single night at 6 p.m. We're picking that product up, same driver. And so it is appealing to these companies because they, same thing that we have, drivers, they do want to get home, whether they're in a Sprinter, a straight truck, or a trailer, like they want to be with their families. And so having this reoccurring work that's set, they know where they're headed. The retailers love it because it's the same person. They don't have to explain. So it just creates a value add for clients with cost reduction. Drivers are happy. You know, our team is educating them on what success looks like, setting that expectation on on what we need, what our customers need. And so it's just kind of a win-win in that spot, you know, and someone is owning that relationship to make sure all of that works. Yep. So Nicole, today's topic again is building a, a company and a network. And before we hit record, we were talking. And one of the things I've been impressed by is all all the things you've impressed me by all the things you've done kind of outside of the, your day-to-day business. So you have this lady leadership coalition. We'll get into that. You mentioned you make a whole bunch of networking calls, not to sell necessarily just to 
network and we'll talk about that i know i wouldn't care if it, if it wasn't working it seems to be really working for you your company is growing really rapidly when i met you you were just a, a smaller company and now you're 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 growing up fast and you've got big goals and i was like Oh, this works. And by the way, guys, I talk to not only the people on my podcast, I talk to a ton of people who are trying to get brokerages off the ground, a ton of people who are trying to get little trucking companies off the ground. A lot of people struggle. So when you see someone like yourself, Nicole, who's been real successful, I think it's easy to go, well, yeah, this is what you do. Just do what Nicole did. It ain't easy. For every Nicole, there's a whole bunch of people who are saying, damn you, freight business, I hate you. <laughs> so so your company has grown. And before we hit record, you were telling me about some of your blue chip clients. But you can mention them if you want, but you're starting to work with these national companies and getting a lot of good business from them. Who's the sweet spot for you guys? You know what? That's such a great question, but it, it really varies. Like I said, we've seen, obviously on the expedited side, we're, we're seeing direct manufacturers that need parts for production. That's still parts, materials, whatever that is, finished goods that need to go. But this retailer side has really grown for us. And then we've stepped into the medical side of things too. So it's not necessarily who's the sweet spot. It's the mode. It's like different, different companies and different industries still need that white glove service whether you're a retailer or you're selling dental chairs that need to get dropped into a dental office or I mean I can keep going x-ray machines MRI machines that need to go into a space like an urgent care facility it's really the mode and not the industry that we've yeah, seen it's the need yep so let's switch gears getting back to it you built this company and it's starting to grow really rapidly which congratulations on that but at the same time you found time to create this Ladyship Leaders Coalition. What is that? So March of 2021, you know, so we're coming kind of out of pandemic time, kind of, sort of, and loomed, right? Knock on wood. <laughs> but from from that, that little era that we had where we were on that lockdown phase, you know, I was working and I was constantly on LinkedIn and I started talking to different people and I joined Vistage, which I always boast about. That is like a CEO, almost board group that you join and get insight from from different industry leaders as CEOs how to run your company. So I was kind of simultaneously dancing in the industry space on LinkedIn and then outside of that. And then the same thing you made mention, I think even pre-recording, like I didn't know what to do. I knew I could work really hard. I was an, always an operator. I can move freight. I could call drivers. I could do all of those things. But then I went, okay, if I'm going to be serious about this business, I have to work on it and not in it. And so with that transition, you know, it showed me that I needed to start networking. So then I did and I met some wonderful people and I'm like, you know what, this is a, something to give back to people. You know, it's it's a great way for myself and all the other hosts to learn from each other. We also learn from the guests. I'm sure you learn, I mean, pre-show you're saying oh, yeah. person and that and this. You learn so many different ways that businesses work and don't work. So I took this network of women that I had that taught me stuff and I'm like, we got to, you know, we got to give back. And so we've been doing these panels where we, we get into like, we're, we're totally out there. We're vulnerable. We're saying like, Hey, you know, this has worked for me. Or, you know, I, I always had imposter syndrome here. And, and so we approach it with trying to, to live by that truth of what, what happens in this space and how to, how to lift yourself through that. So Christy Knitchell, she's a dear friend of mine, Sharon Sire, dear friend of mine. These are both people that are part of this and our whole, yeah, Christy's been on my podcast. Yeah. I think you were the one who introduced me. She was great. She does no. she does mostly railroad, right? Yep. 
All intermodal. Real. Most part truckload. Yep. And then who was the other gal you mentioned? Sharon Sire. I don't think I know her. Her career. I mean, she's been in this industry for 35 years. She now has a company that's called SOS that is dedicated to taking women in this space that want to start their business and helping them build out a brokerage. All right, you have to introduce me. I was going to ask you at the end, who should I talk to on my podcast? But I think you just told me now. Yeah, she's she's phenomenal. So introduce me. I will. So the so these women, like we always have these discussions, and Christy says it all the time. She's like, if I can give someone to take three skipped steps of things that went wrong for me, she's like that's that's what I can do. And so that's what the mindset is. You know, how do we help people take and skip those steps? How do we really tell them to be vulnerable and not just live the LinkedIn, like, hey, I'm so cool type of world. Use it to talk to people, to ask questions. When you get on a call with someone who owns a company bigger than yourself, you know, don't go on there to flex your muscles. Ask them how they did these things. And so we see it as we're the voices of from where, where we stand. We are all very different in size. Like we have Charlie Schaffer on there. Oh, she, yeah. She's coming on the podcast soon. I just talked to her the other day. Yeah. She's part of LLC. Yep. And so we have some really great people in all different sides of logistics, all different backgrounds. Like Christie's was a family owned business. Mine's a bootstrap business. So we we have all these different viewpoints. Sharon's been in big company, small company. She's worked at BNSF. I mean, all these backgrounds are just Charlie's background crazy impressive. And then we have Liz Wayne, who is part of Able Transport. She owns that. And she does over-dimensional, impressive flatbed work like all over the country. And she's built her business up significantly. So it's just a way to give back. But you, but you mentioned giving back. But this is somehow, I'm not saying this was the only reason. We'll talk about some other things you've done. This has coincided with you growing your business like a weed. So I can't help but think why you're giving back, you didn't gain some too. You do. It's, it's meeting and understanding different perspectives, you know, and seeing where you need to make changes and improve upon and talking through when you're seeing someone bigger than you too, right? Because we have all these perceptions like, oh, this person must have done this or that. How can I be like that? You want to replicate what you see and, and then you really get the inside scoop. What you said before, this is not easy. This is not. And I think people step into an ownership space thinking like, oh, I'm just going to hire a bunch of people and I'm going to go to Mexico. Hell no, it is not that. You know, I am in it every day. I'm in it with, and these people are too. And so we, you know, we speak that, but we also meet great people and get great insight on what we can improve upon as leaders and owners. Right. And I think when you say, when you have somebody who's been successful, who you mentioned vulnerability, I mean, God, I feel like lately everyone's talking about their feelings and their trauma and all that, but there's some value in hearing somebody who's been successful, who you look up to, who says, you know where I failed here, here, and here. And then you go, Oh, wow. I always tell my kids, you have to learn from other people's mistakes. There's not enough time to make all your own mistakes. You have to learn from other people. And that's where reading comes in. But it also comes from, you know, connecting with these people who you say, God, I'd love to have a business like you. I'd love to do what you did here and say, and they go, oh, don't do this, this, and this, because I've screwed up here, here, here. Yeah. And when you develop those relationships too, you start seeing how much of a struggle it is for them because they just appear, you know, smiling and bright. And so when you're in this space, it can be lonely too. You know, you're like, gosh, I can't get over this hurdle. I'm struggling with this. And having someone go, I have two, I guess it's misery likes, what is it? Misery likes company. But it's just understanding that that's normal. Because I, for me, what we talked about in the beginning uh, before recording is I 
listen to a book called Extreme Ownership. Ah, from Jocko Willick. <laughs> yes. And that book hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, as, as a business owner, because I kept I'm in it, but I kept like going, well, that's not my fault in my head, you know, in the background, like I have this, this isn't working. And then once I really started understanding, I am the captain of the ship. Everything that happens or does not happen is ultimately me, right? And so from from doing that and, and talking to other people too, it's right. it's having that vulnerability to like go, okay, how can I own this? Like not just own the business with stock shares. <laughs> how can I own everything that's happening or not happening? And it's been a huge source of that right, right. success because I talk to everybody so candidly with it. So I can right. be that best version of myself for all of my people and my clients. And by the way, guys, Jocko, J-O-C-K-O. If you, talk, if you Google it, Jocko Willick, his yep. last name starts with a W, Willick. And um, he wrote this book, Extreme Ownership. And it starts off with him talking somewhere in the Middle East, Afghanistan, somewhere like that. As a Navy SEAL, he was in charge of a group and there was uh, an after action report and somebody had been killed, I believe, maybe um maybe it was in Iraq maybe it was Iraqi forces that he was working with there was some failure to this mission and when they were having the after operation report people said hey I didn't do this it was my fault and then somebody else said I didn't do this I should have done this this and this everybody was trying to take responsibility for where they failed during this mission and he said you know this is the kind of thing you get demoted for or fired for you know, this was a screw up. And he said, he's taking everybody's input. And the ultimately, before he went to see his boss to get called on the carpet, he said, it's all on me. All these people who failed, it was because I didn't give them the training or the resource or I didn't communicate the mission. All of it comes back to me. I own all of it. So I'm not going to go into that room and say, my guy screwed up. <laughs> Right. And by the way, when I was still working at a little 3PL, I used to joke to my people, no joke, but I would say, it. hey, when in doubt, go ahead and tell the truth. Because I think anybody who's running these companies has somebody who goes, hey, the truck didn't pick up and they didn't tell us and blah, blah, blah. What should I tell the customer? <laughs> you go, oh, we'll make something up, of course. And I would say, tell them the truth. And then when we meet and we have 200 shipments we did for them last week, three of them were late or four of them or six of them or whatever, or the bills were bad, take full responsibility and say what you're doing to fix it. And I love that. It's just clarity. And you know, once you start down that path, it's really, really hard to play a different game. You can't. I mean, that's the way that we do everything. That's when we talk in another podcast, that's why. But your name is Candor Expedite. You have Candor, <laughs> you know, it's to have that. And that extreme ownership is, is crucial, you know, and that's, I, I saw an email one day from a teammate and I watched him write to a customer like, hey, we didn't pick this up. We do some regular truckload too. We didn't get this picked up because our driver reported that he was having a high blood pressure scenario. And, and I was like, the way that he said it, he called it the carrier. And I was like, that's not like, that's candor. That's us, you know, and we have to take ownership of that and bring that. Solution. It's us. We, we did this. I, I, tell, I tell people this all the time. If you ever say the carrier didn't do this, well, you're the 3PO or you're the broker who picked that carrier. And, you know, things happen. I just also think if you can't be, if you can't have candor, if you can't be honest about it, then it, then it never gets better. You know, there's a lot of problems in the world. And I always feel like some of them don't get solved because you can't talk honestly about them. 
That's and that's you know like well I don't want to I don't want to offend I don't want anyone to feel bad I don't want well that's that's great all those things those are how humanity works together but at some point you have to nicely say you need to start doing this so we can be successful <laughs> let me help you and it goes on the same with the customer end you know I look at it as I need to educate my customer and have candid discussions about what's happening within their supply chain that I can bring insight on so they can make improvements because at the end of the day, it's going to save them dollars. And I think a lot of people shy away from these candid discussions with their clients. I mean, we're hosting, we, we have QBRs and yesterday we had one and I'm explaining to a client like how it would be beneficial for them to, to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm sure other people are like, no, 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 don't say that. It's important, you know, and that candidness and that extreme ownership on all of it has to get tied together. But you know what? Let's face it. We have certain customers that you go, oh, well, I don't know. We're always around kind of thin ice over there for whatever reason. They don't take our calls or whatever's going on. And then the last thing you feel good about is saying, mm, I'm going to I'm gonna tell them what they're doing wrong. And they're like, wait, I'm paying you. I'll tell you what you're doing wrong. But I worked with a very large company and I learned so much. The guy who was in charge came in. Well, it was a few, few guys, two guys at the top, huge, huge shipper. Everyone would love to work with them. And they said, we have not done a good job with our on logistics. We just, we have not put effort towards it. We've not made the investments toward it. We are not world-class. We're not even good. We're going to pick a 3PL and they're going to help us become world-class. We are going to be world-class. We are going to give them the support they need to be world-class. We're both going to be there. The only way we get there is to get there together. Hard to have those conversations if the shipper is not part of that. If they're like, no, no, just pick it up. Shut up, Nicole. Pick my stuff up and have a good price. <laughs> and that does exist. But at the same time, the, the best relationships are the relationship ones where you get to that point where you can say in a presentation that works, obviously you're not going to tell your customer, you know, in a rude manner. It's, hey, you know, you have to spin it so they see why and how it benefits them. You know, does this eliminate a potential claim scenario? Right. Is this saving them dollars? Is communication? Are people not answering right. the phones? Like, I feel like if you don't say those things, things don't improve. And then they're just burning through relationships too. And then they're frustrated. And then they think all brokers are terrible. And it's a vicious cycle. And I think if you work with them and then sometimes leave the ones that have no interest in that. I mean, we've yes. done that. We've left customers customers that we can't bring that value. You won't let us, right? Yeah, I said this on my podcast, not in a while, but I said it many times is any customer, regardless of the business, any customer that holds you at arm's length, at some point, you lose that customer, they fire you or you fire them. And we've all experienced it where you're like, this on paper is a perfect customer for me. But they just they don't want to take the time to talk to me. They're busy. They keep saying next We'll talk next week. They're short with you. I remember, you know, trying to be a better salesman when I was doing three PL, and I would call people and say, you know, you picked us. Why do you? Why did you pick us? And they would say, uh, you were the lowest price, and you have good service. Okay. Well, what else? Well, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's great. That's this exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> anyway, so we talked a little bit about the Ladies Leadership Coalition. And so there's how many people part of that? Five. 
And then what do you guys do? But you do have meetings or do you podcasts? What's what's the output of that? So we have it where you can get on YouTube and you can actually watch us hosting the panel or the interview. It also is just a podcast. So you can find it on like Spotify, Apple. What do you mean just a podcast? What are you getting at? No, no, no. You don't see a person's <laughs> face. It's just a voice, you know. You can listen to it in your car and not get a ticket for having it on YouTube on your screen. But what, what we're doing is we're, we keep changing it up. You know, so we, we started off with all. So it's evolving. Yeah. So we started off with all panels, which was hard to have six women and not go over an hour. You know, yeah, everyone's trying to talk through their stuff. So we've changed it now to where it's really interviews. So like we bring on some really impressive people. I just did a, the last interview I did was with Dr. Jacqueline Kerr and she's all about burnout. She's had a TED talk. So we talk about burnout. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've had marketing shows. We've had sales shows. We've had networking working shows where we're paneling. And then we've also had, you know, industry experts who've come in that their their business has been successful for marketing or finance. And so right now we're, we're scheduling interviews um, to take place as well as planning out some panels. We just recorded our first panel session, which was myself, Christy and Sharon um, along, you know, taking, taking lead in your career of, of 2023. Like what are the steps? So we're trying to talk to audiences that are not necessarily business owners themselves, maybe someone newer in their career or trying to climb. So we're really mixing it up with how we're we're approaching it. I would like to have some additional resources to it this year too with I love it. Maybe a library. We're talking about building out a, a website, trying to have a networking event in person. Now that we've added to our production team, I think we can do some more some more planning of events locally uh, where we can all get together and, and talk and see how we can help people and share. And, you know, my experience is with, a lot of times people say, you know, how many people can you have on your podcast? And I, I typically like to say, I'd like to do one. I can do two. But as soon as you get more than three or four, especially if everybody's a, a man or everyone's a woman, you start going, who, was that Christy saying that? I mean, or that with Nicole? I don't know who said that. Yeah. It's doable. But when it's audio only and you're going, I, I don't know who said what. And that's throwing me for a loop. Like, was that the financial person saying that or was that the logistics person? You know, I love letting people tell. I mean, I've I've talked so much on other things where I'm like, I, I can just do the interviewing part. You know, it's cool to hear other people's stories. So this has helped you grow your business, but at the same time, so you've also made these great relationships, but also as you feel, hey, this is giving back, but it's also giving to you. Because I mean, again, you're doing all these at the same time, your companies have this rocket ship growth. So talk about Vistage. What is that and how has that helped you grow your biz? That also came from LLC. So Liz Wayne introduced me to that. And so what this is, it's basically an advisory board, right? So I go monthly. It's a time commitment for sure. I go monthly in person and there's, you know, typically 11 to 15 other business owners in the room. We also have a chair, which is basically our business coach and the person who's wrangling all of these CEOs together, because let's face it, CEOs can be very messy people, right? With all over the place. And so we go, we meet, we have a speaker. So we're always learning something. And then there's activities. We're goal setting, we're issue processing. So basically I'll bring a, an issue maybe I'm having internally and I get all of the viewpoints. I get attacked with questions, peppered. And we go through this process to really help me identify how to solve this issue. And then I have actionable items that I'm accountable to. And so then I bring that back to my company or whatever the problem is. And then, you know, talk, talk to the team the next time I go back. So they help with that. And then I also have coaching. So I have one-on-one coaching 
with my chair. And over time, I mean, I've been in Vistage now for two years and my chair has, I tell her all the time, she's like changed me. Start. She started to learn who I am, how I work, the things that I'm good at, the things that I'm terrible at. And so she, she calls all that stuff out for me and she'll go, well, you need to slow down. Well, you need, and she takes note of all of these things and really challenges me. And I think that's another part of an owner that you need to have is just because you run the ship, you do not know everything and no one's calling you out enough. Right. Well, you, you, you have teenagers though, so they, they know everything. So (laughs) you just have to go home and say, Hey, I don't know everything you do. Tell me about it. Yeah. I have a 17 year old girl who would love to share that insight all the time, but it's just a, this has been such a a life changing thing for me because it, again, just shows me that I need to work on myself, on my team, empower them, you know, and then work through all of this stuff and, and like own it, you know, have those crucial conversations and own it with that extreme ownership to, to make change. I spoke at a Vistage group. I think I, this is years ago. I think I was talking about when transportation management systems started coming on. And I spoke to a group here in the Detroit area. And what's crazy is the guy who was in charge of that Vistage group. I think he was like, I won't mention his name because it's not appropriate. But he was kind of an industry legend here in the Detroit area. He had had a business and he had sold it for a lot of money. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to this meeting with this guy at the helm. And he was like 80 some, I'm thinking. And he was doing that well. I think he did it till he's like 90 years old, but he was sharp as a tack. And it was interesting because they, all these owners came from very different backgrounds, but they all kind of decided I need help. I need other perspectives. And it wasn't like they're falling down. It was just like, I just have all these conundrums that I would like to have somebody else perspective and when you're hearing from somebody who says oh yeah i i had the same glitch when i was doing this so that's again it's another networking group that you're part of so ladyship leadership coalition then vistage by the way vistage is v-i-s-t-a-g-e they're all over the place so any of you guys listening check them out also i should mention and i know i've mentioned her to you before i work with an executive coach and home and it sounds so because a life coach whatever makes you feel comfortable but most Fortune 500 CEOs are working with an executive coach or something like a Vistage because you don't have always the all the insights you need. And what I love about working with Anne is she has saved me so many crazy problems that seemed like this is impossible. And then she knows, by the way, she's she comes approaches it through um, Myers-Briggs and kind of brain science. She's a speech pathologist. And she would say, oh, no, no, people who are, I'm an ENFP. She would say, oh, no, people who are ENFPs often struggle at this. Here's what you need to do. Here's what, and, and, and I was like, oh, my God. By the way, she was the one who said, probably 11 years ago, 12 years ago, you need to become part of the conversation. You need to start writing, maybe become a blogger. I was like, blogger? I'm not going to become a blogger. And then she's like, yeah, you're a good writer. Do it, do it, do it. And I was like, okay, I know she's right. It took me so, it took me a month to finally sit down and write an article. And I remember she said, yeah, just call your blog. Just call it the logistics of logistics, something like that. She is the coach of someone at Bobbito. So Ada is a coach to someone here. And we've come to realize that. And, and home. Yeah, she's, she's Jacob's coach. Like he, he picked her. All of our leaders now have coaches because from going to Vistage, I started understanding what that does. And so we have every single leader with coach. And I don't think a lot of companies do that for their, their team. 
No, no, it's becoming more and more common. And what I love about that is she's the one who said, become part of the conversation. And then kind of, I won't say badgered me, cajoled me to do it. And then she came up with the name, the logistics of logistics. And I remember I go, that's a good placeholder name. I'll come up with something better. And then I, when I started podcasting, one day she said, you're still consulting. You're still doing digital marketing. You've got your hands in everything. You should pick one. And she goes, it should be podcast. I go, I don't make any money podcasting. She's like, well, get some sponsors. So I have sponsors and I, I interview them all the time on my podcast. But it was funny because she said something like, well, that's where all your energy is. That's where, where your heart's at. Well, I didn't know that. I felt like my heart was everywhere. So it's interesting when you have somebody outside yourself, especially someone who gets to know you on some level, a real coach. There's all sorts of different coaches. You want someone who's got some sort of background that makes sense where they're not just, oh, you know, somebody who has become very successful or sold their company, got nothing to do. They coach, but they don't necessarily necessarily know even their own strengths and weaknesses. Right. And I think with that, you have to give it time too. And I think people want instant gratification with the coach. You have to make an investment just like you do with networking calls. You can't just talk to someone once. Yes. So you have to make that investment to grow those relationships and that vulnerability. You had to tell her where you were at crossroad wise. Oh yeah. By the way, when I hired her, I remember I said, I just feel like I had all these problems. And I remember I, I said, I've, I've, I, did, I was I got separated at that time and I was getting divorced and I, I'd lost my job and I was starting to go am I, am I losing my damn mind and she said yes but then <laughs> we moved on from there and very helpful but by the way I wasn't one for like going to the therapy or anything because it was like this is all like looking in the rearview mirror and none of coaching is looking in the rearview mirror I gotta say what was your relationship with your dad who cares <laughs> right anyway I want to talk also you mentioned and again None of us have time for this, but you somehow said you you task yourself. In addition to Ladyship Leaders Coalition, so you're the CEO of your company. You do that leadership Ladies Leadership Coalition. You go to Vistage, which is a big time commitment. And then you also said you do 10 networking calls a, a month. What does that look like? It looks like scheduling and maybe seeing someone on LinkedIn or I have another friend that I go, who's in your network that I need to know? I play that game a lot. And so people tell me who it is that I need to know. And I take note of it. I have notes everywhere. I reach out. I send a LinkedIn message. I had some board of director of some big company request me yesterday on LinkedIn. I'm like, hey, thanks for your connection. Can we have a networking call? Your career's been impressive. So I just make it a point to have... These aren't sales calls. It's not a sales call. You know, it, it's not. It's literally hosting a conversation saying, you know, what is it you know? I had some gentleman, I was on a, a podcast and I watched another podcast and I went to the guy who hosted the podcast. I'm like, I need to know this guy. And this guy calls me on a Saturday. We have this conversation about, you know, profitability. And so I just make it a point to do that. It's it's actually in my goal set to do. Um, so like going to conferences, that's that's on my goal set to meet X of people at these conferences and do something with it. I, I've been speaking on, on panels. I'm going to manifest to speak. I'm speaking at Air Cargo Conference. And there will be a bunch of CEOs there that I never met before that have been LinkedIn famous to me, right? Yeah, this is this is kind of, again, getting back what my coach said at home, becoming part of the conversation. And again, I think so many people would say, that's all well and good, but I'm really busy. Well, nobody's busier than a CEO who is growing your company like you've grown it. And I think you mentioned earlier on, you have to work on your business, not in your business. And what you mean is you're kind of taking that 30,000 foot view and saying, okay, what does Nicole need to do to grow? What does the company need to do to grow? That's the people, the processes 
business, all that, as opposed to just saying, we're so busy, I moved four loads today. That would be common for people in your position where you just go, I'm so busy, I, I'm actually you know doing this, this, and this, where you're like, well, your team should be doing that. <laughs> you should be developing your people to do that. I do. I live and die by this calendar. I mean, if I showed it to you, you'd go, holy crap. But I, I do. I live and die by that. And when I have open space, I'll sometimes even task myself things that I need to work on, you know, reviews or whatever else is coming up. So it's really time management, you know, and I feel like I could even get better. I'm like, I could be better. How can I make this scheduling better to do more? And I just hired my first executive assistant, which when you do that, it slows you down, right? I'm going through everything with her. But again, it's always that investment into tomorrow. And that's how I see everything, whether it's a networking call, training an EA, working with my HR department, all of that stuff. I'm always, I'm not working on today ever. It's always tomorrow. Yeah. Well, and again, I can't help but think that the success of your company is tied also to the success of your networking. And again, that's the Ladyship Leader Coalition, Vistage, networking, those 10 calls, and going to conferences. It's at that point, this is more than just, I put it on my list to join a networking group. This is this became part of your MO. This is this is who you are now. And I know there's people listening saying, well, she's a networker. That's natural. I don't think that's natural for most people. It feels like I'm infringing on people's time when I reach out to them. All of us feel a little that way. Yeah, and it wasn't at first. I mean, I was a sales rep back in the day, but it was not. It was not comfortable at all. And then I'd get on some of these calls and I'm like, what am I talking about? But it's just getting to know. I mean, from the pre-show that we just had, you know, I wrote down how many things to like look at and talk to and understand for future things. I mean, it's all about what you do with that stuff afterwards, so... Excellent. Excellent. Well, let's wrap this bad boy up. So first off, you have to introduce me to the lady from SOS. What's the name of the company? Sharon Sire. Sharon. All right. Sharon. 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 I'm sorry. It's okay. Sharon, you need to introduce me to Sharon because I'd love to have her on my podcast. And I will see you at Manifest, of course, but um, so I won't ask you what conferences you're going. Are you going, do you, do you guys look at conferences beyond Manifest? Yes, we do. So we have. What else will you be at? Food Chippers. That's going to be in Palm Springs in March. Nice. Yeah. Speaking at Air Cargo. So that one's happening. Uh, we're going to. Where's that at? I think it's in San Antonio. Oh. We're also at WeBank. I'd say close by, but nothing's close by in Texas. Was that like three hours? <laughs> no, we're going to WeBank. WeBank in Nashville. I think I have seven already. Wow. Yeah. So I'll be you are busy, everywhere. Busy gal. So anyway, one more time. Who's the sweet spot? Who do you work with? Who's What problems do you solve for your clients over there at Candor Expedite? We are helping people that need assistance with anything that's sensitive. So whether that's time sensitive, high value product sensitive, sensitive, pickup and delivery sensitive. So it's going to be something that needs extra touch, extra visibility, extra care. And again, that's really any industry, you know, whether it's hot expedited ground, first and final mile logistics, retailers, food manufacturers that need raw materials brought in, medical companies that need products brought in high value. Yeah, this this is the stuff you can't screw up on. And, you know, so often I think about my automotive past where you close down an assembly line if that expedite doesn't get here. <laughs> we have a crew waiting for a medical device to be installed. So I don't even say time sensitive. I just say sensitive now. If it's a sensitive truckload, right. if it's a sensitive, anything that requires care. Yeah. And it seems to me, just from 
our conversation that it's it started with just moving stuff. We're going to get those sensitive shipments. But I think also now you're more in the solution mindset where it's like, how can we make this so it doesn't become an expedite next time? How can we work with you to become more proactive as opposed to reactive? Because that's the nature of expediting is a reactive business, lots of uh, frantic calls, and which is fine. There's always going to be those. But you'd like to help your customers become that proactive where they say, yeah, we don't have to nearly as many of those, but we're still moving stuff with Nicole. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and and that's the case. So when we release, and we'll have it in the show notes of this special report that will be through Inbound Logistics, you know, please take a look at that because it really dives into how to transition from that reactive to proactive mindset and save your company dollars. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. I always enjoy talking to you. Yes. I look forward to seeing you in real life at Manifesta in which, by the way, it's the 24th today. This will publish probably the same time we're at Manifest. So anyway, if, if, you, if you're listening, please get to Manifest. It's going to be a blast. It's in Vegas at Caesars Forum. It starts on the 31st, I think, through the second. It'll be a great time. Anyway, thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you, Joe. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn.